Fontaine. Alongside me is Ryan Frederick. If I sound a little different, well, I'll tell you, I am suffering from a cold. And let me tell you, I have not had a cold in uh, like over two years. Um, you know, I kind of forgot what they're like. Um, it's been, uh, I tested just to make sure. And, and uh, you know, because we have the rapid test and yeah, I don't have COVID. But uh, yeah, I, I went to work last Monday and wore a mask, you know, because they're mandatory work and everything. And then the next day I had a sore throat and then it turned into a cold. And uh, yeah, and I'm just kind of at the end of it now. And usually on the last day of a cold is when my voice is at my worst. So just happened to be recording today. So hopefully that means tomorrow I'm going to wake up and everything's fine. Ryan, we were just talking off air and you're kind of going through the same thing. It sounds like. Yeah, welcome to welcome to club to the club. Yeah, that's what I was dealing with last weekend down in down in Houston, and for a few more days after I got back, and you know, still kind of blowing my nose. <laughs> it was out a bunch, but everything you know, everything else was fine. This is this is typical for me because I have really bad allergies, especially in Texas. Like yeah. we're gonna uh, today. Today it was uh, eighty. 87 degrees here in texas oh my god and then and then wednesday morning at seven o'clock a.m it's supposed to be like 23 and freezing rain so just that's just how quick quickly the weather here in texas changes and it messes messes with your yeah your system and your allergies and and you know whatever like covid is COVID is like we you know that come live in te- texas like you're gonna get all sorts of like sickness the way everything kind of changes you know what it you know but uh yeah yeah so um, i'm used to so, it and used to it. and then but and then i'm sure by the i'm sure by the weekend it'll probably be back up in 70 degrees and sunny take take a guess what the temperature was today with the wind chill in winnipeg you do do, do you use uh fahrenheit or celsius it actually doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> no. I'll, I'll go it, it was I'll like go. 30 35 below 35 below. Yeah. 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 Um, and last week, um, it was, I mean, we had days where it was in the high 20s. So, I mean, that, you know, right there. I mean, same thing, right? So, Sounds about and, right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I've been to Canada in the winter. I know. It. And, and we've got, it's the third highest snowfall in a, in a winter in history. And we still got another, you know, month that we could get snow. So it, it may be, it may end up being the, the most snow we've ever had. And that's in Winnipeg. So, I mean, it could be the most snow anywhere in the world that hey, anyone's we, ever had. Yeah. We had snow two weeks, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was the week, but week before, week before the UFC in Houston. So as long as we don't have anything like we had down here <clears throat> last year, where the whole state was, was a disaster, disaster area, you know, then we'll be good. Well, I'm coming down there in six weeks, so hopefully it'll be good by then. And that's pretty much for sure now. They got rid of the testing at the border, so uh, I think we're coming to uh, to your hometown, uh, well, your area anyways, and for Rania in, in, a, in a little while. So uh, so let's get on with the show here, and there, there, there goes my voice. Um, so we got, uh, we got to look back at a couple shows, and actually, you know what? I'm looking at your rundown here. Let's just do the Bell Tour first because then we can just do the two UFC shows back-to-back. Um, so Bellator 274, uh, did you watch the show? I only saw the main event, so that's... Okay, well, I watched most of it. Um, I skipped a couple of the prelims, but um, <clears throat> I was messaging you. There was one match, oh yeah, Bobby King and Aviv Ghazali. 
so uh bobby king is like a journeyman lightweight and aviv ghazali is like one of their prospects and they actually had him ranked i think he was like number seven or something going in and he was six and oh but he's only 21 years old and he's very very inexperienced obviously and he took a beating in this fight and he like a couple times he got hit and he just went down like fast and like almost on all fours and then the king would would get on his back and start punching him and uh, Ghazali's a submission guy so I think like he didn't want to be on the ground too long and the ref would like jump in there like he was going to stop it and then he wouldn't do it and the ref was Kevin McDonald and um so you know the this happened like at least three times and and to the point where like aviv ghazali made it out of the round but i mean he didn't know where he was and you know he comes out for the second round and and the refs ask him like how are you doing and the doctor comes in says, how are you doing and he's not answering and he's kind of like he's shaking his head and then the ref's going oh he doesn't understand english he's hebrew and and the announcers are like he understands english and then like the doctor ends up stopping it and he doesn't let him fight for the second round and and it, and it was just brutal and then later on in the in the co-main event uh kevin mcdonald was the ref again and andre koroshkov nailed uh chance rec counter with uh with a spinning back kick and you know people have probably seen this on social media it was brutal like he went down like like he'd been shot and he was done like he's he's on all fours he's curled up and then the ref jumps in but he doesn't stop it and then Korshkov nails him like three more times and then finally mcdonald stops it and it's like, i don't know what he was doing but how he was acting there was the same thing he did in the um in the fight earlier in the night so um that, that was like he didn't have a very good night but uh, um, a, that sounds weird because kevin mcdonald we've seen him on ufc shows and a bunch of yeah. work shows and he's usually very good he is but he's weird. got a mustache now and i guess he's just bad yeah. um yeah <laughs> Uh, um, there was a heavyweight fight. Uh, one of evil Ryan Ke Frederick, evil, evil Kevin McDonald has shown up. That's, I guess yeah, yeah. There, there was a heavyweight fight. Uh, uh, um, a uh, Ryan Frederick special on on the thing. It was a 15 minute split decision between Davion Franklin and Syed Salma. It was funny because I was watching the fight and I had it 30 27 Franklin, and then when they showed the stats, like Salma outstruck him in every round and then i'm like okay well i'm probably like way off here and then they do the scores and it's like 28 29 or 29 28 for franklin there's 29 28 for salma and then the third score is 30 27 and then there's a pause you know like they always do and it's franklin so it's like oh okay well that's how i scored it too so but i thought for sure like with the striking stats the way they were and there was only one takedown in the whole fight but but franklin was landing the harder shots and he had like one like frantic kind of like exchange that hurt salma in each round so i think that was like in a round where you know guys are just kind of punching and kicking each other not, not much is going on um you know the guy that has like the one memorable moment is probably going to win the round and that's kind of what happened here and then uh brendan ward uh, had a really really strong performance against brandon bell just just destroyed him he had a 10 8 first round and then finished him early in the second and uh and then this main event um <clears throat> so you said you watched it round yeah. four uh round four was one of the best rounds like you'll ever see like that that, that round was great um, yeah that one was. yeah i scored at 50 45 storily um i i mean you could have given gracie the fifth you could have given him the second or maybe the third 
there was there were two rounds that were close for Gracie, but um, you know that you could have given him either one. But uh, it's totally one unanimous decision, and it was a good fight. Like uh, you know, especially that fourth round. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really score it, but if I remember, you know, I can't or I can't really remember exactly how I scored it because I keep track. I think I had a 49-46 story, gave him Gracie the fifth, fifth. But yeah, yeah, a lot different than your typical great Gracie fight. Everybody calls him boring because he likes to, you know, be on the ground and dominate on the ground, and all of a sudden he was having a wild striking battle and and came up on the short end. But yeah, Storley against. The Amasov Michael Page winner looks to be looks to be next. Yep. That, that looks to be a hell of a fight right there. Yeah, Storley was uh, pretty adamant. He wanted a title shot. He said, and then he kind of was saying, like, you know, once I win the title, I'm done. <laughs> you know, like he said, you know, once I become the best, then I'll I'll find something else to do. Um, the only other main card fight that I didn't mention was Adam Piccolotti, uh Vinian Mass decision over Georgie Carcanian. Not not much there, just you know, lightweight fight. You know, it was it was, it was a good fight, but nothing special. Um, and I think they're uh I don't know when they're back again, but uh, they're back on Friday. Oh, the, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they were talking Double, about it. Yeah. Oh, it's uh yeah, it's Mr. Uh Mr. Page uh against uh Masasi for the middleweight title. Good w, luck, so. good yeah. luck, Austin Vanderford. I mean, he's he earned he's earned the shot, and he's a lot he's a lot better than people give him credit for because everybody just gives him credit for being Mister Mister Patriot's aunt. But Gegard Musasi is is an all time great, great, yeah. and still a very high level fighter, and still one of the best middleweights in the, in the world. And I don't know that Vanderford is going to be able to do anything with him at all. No, I mean at some point uh, Masasi's going to get old, but it's probably not going to be here because he's he's looked pretty good in his last few fights. So yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we do have a uh, a show coming up though. Um, that or sorry, we got uh, we got another show that, that we're going to look over in more detail, obviously as we always do. Um, so it's uh, obviously the UFC and ESPN. Was it ESPN? ESPN plus fifty nine. That's what you call yes, it, sir. It was, yeah, yeah. Uh, J- Jamal Hill uh, against Johnny Walker, and uh, yeah, I mean it was uh, you know a, a great win for Jamal Hill. You know, you got a first round knockout, three minutes. Um, wasn't terribly competitive. <laughs> um, you know, Johnny Walker. I mean, this is a big win. Like Walker was actually ranked higher coming in, but Hill was a big favorite. And uh, he got the job done, and he's, you know, he's talking like he wants to be in the title mix soon. And really, he's, you know, probably maybe two fights away from getting a title shot, and probably get probably needs to fight a top, you know, eight, maybe even top five guy in his next fight. Uh, and you know, he cut a really good promo at the end. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought Walker was a little bit ahead head there because he was landing landing more, but all I figured this fight was getting in the first round and all it takes is that one punch and it's a matter of yeah. who landed it and Hill Hill landed it on that temple temple and Walker just went down like a freaking tree tree in the middle of the woods yeah. on timber. Oh. It was a it was a it was a you know a, it was one of those trust falls that nobody he catches him it just it's the way his head head went into, yeah. the, into the fence and and uh if you look if you read my uh mma column on fightgamemedia.com i have the picture as the header header oh. him him just out cold out cold right there it's just it's looking at it right now amazing stuff and just uh but man uh javon hill's got some power he's got some talent and uh i mean 
mean, he, he lost to Paul Craig, so he's going to be behind Craig for a while. But, I mean, give him somebody like Anthony Smith next or, or yeah. something like that. Give him, give him a good test. Give him a good testing as a guy like Guy like that. I mean, there was talking. He's been talking trash with Vulcan Ozdemir. I don't know that that fight. I mean, Ozdemir maybe might be ranked a little higher than him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe might be below him after these rankings come out. But uh, that doesn't feel like a good fight to make right now because Ozdemir's lost two in a row. You want to give Hill somebody on some upward momentum as well. Uh, yeah, but a fantastic win for Hill, and he's got that power, and he's going to be dangerous at 205, and we're kind of seeing a resurgence at light heavyweight with a bunch of these younger guys starting to creep up to the top, to the top, and it's going to be interesting uh, if if what a lot of people are expecting to happen in May with Yuri Prochaska, you know, if he beats Glover Teixeira, you know, this division is going to start looking very interesting with a but oh, because yeah. you're going to have some very exciting fighters fighting in title fights here soon. Do you, do you, is it just me or did the hill look a little small for 205? I mean obviously he's got the power, but he just he, he just, looked I mean we're seeing a lot, lot of we're, one of the big resurgences about 205 is we're seeing a lot of muscular guys again at 205. Okay. Okay. So I I think just his his frame just not being in you know the frame of a Johnny Walker, or, you know, a William Knight, or an Alonzo Minifield. Minifield, yeah. you see some of those guys fighting at 205, 205 lately. He's he doesn't you know even Yuri, has just and and even the guys like Glover and Jan Blachowicz and Dominic Reyes. Those are those are some solidly built guys. Whereas Jamal Hill is kind of more more like a John Jones, very tall and very yeah. lanky. Lanky and very lengthy, you know. So uh, yeah, I was just looking at his height. And he's six four, so I, I I didn't realize he was that tall. I guess Walker is. I mean, Walker six. So Walker's yeah. six six, but he's also like a like just he's also kind lean. of a specimen. He's a super lean, but he's muscular. Yeah. His upper body is is ridiculous. Yeah. But but yeah, but I mean, you know, two hundred five, and there's a lot of they've brought some prospects up up from 205 on the contender series. So it's kind of, it's slowly starting its resurgence. And it was the premier division for a long time of the UFC. And I don't know that it'll, it won't ever be the premier division, but if it can be one of the five best divisions in that, in that company mm-hmm. company, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, another, uh, fight, well, almost 205 cause they fought at 195 catch weight. Kyle Daukas, uh, got, uh, you know, biggest win of his career, uh, against Jamie Pickett. Um, he needed this because, you know, he had that last fight against Kevin Holland that he was probably going to lose uh, if it didn't go to a no contest. And uh, he um, he he finished uh, Jamie Pickett at uh, just just as the first round was ending. Uh, Darce choke. Um, the, the, this was weird because I mean, you didn't even, they didn't even really know like the announcers, whether or not, you know, he had tapped because he literally tapped with like it said one second. But it was probably like, you know, a third of a second. Like, it was right before the bell rang. And, uh, you know, and, and man, if, I'm sure if he knew that they were that close, he probably would have just held on. But uh, Daukas, uh, you know, got a big, big win. And uh, he's very interesting prospect. Him and his brother, Chris, um, you know, and they're, you know, they're both, like, fighting a lot. Um, he, you know, they asked him in his post-fight interview when he wants to fight again. And he said, well, my brother's fighting next month. So as soon as that's done, he said, I'm ready to go anytime. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, one of these fighting Philadelphia guys and, uh, yeah, real, um, I, I just love these Dalkus guys, uh, fun to watch and they win a lot and, uh, you know, real, real, real nice performance from him. 
Yeah, I mean, you saw the entire time what was coming was the takedown and looking for the submission. And I didn't even see see that he had the darts choke even locked in, locked yeah. in. Like all of a sudden, like I didn't even know it was locked in. Mm. Locked in. Here I am. You know, it's you know, I hear, I hear the clapper. I'm starting to do my ten nine Dawkins and all. Yeah, I'm just in their tactic. I'm like, what? He had a submission in submission in. Yeah. Pickett said the only reason he tapped was his tongue was stuck between his his top and bottom oh, teeth and no. he was biting on it and he was afraid of biting his tongue off. So he, oh, he tapped no. and he didn't even know there was a second, second left. He didn't tap from the choke. He tapped, he tapped for fear of biting his tongue off. So, I mean, wow. who, I mean, had he, had that not happened and he made it to the second, who knows what had happened, but I mean, yeah. it was a big, big win for Dawkins. He needed it. He was his fifth UFC fight, but he'd only had one win coming into this. And, and I mean, and this guy who came in undefeated and with, with a lot of hype. So it gets a, Get some momentum going for him. Kind of sucks for Pickett because he had just started getting some momentum going with two straight, two straight wins. But he did take this fight on ten days' notice. Notice, so you got to give him a little. I mean, ten days, maybe like eight days' notice, more, more like it. So you got to kind of give him some, some props. And this loss shouldn't set him back, especially, you know, considering that you know he get he got to keep his tongue. Yeah, you know this is uh, it's like his finisher. It's is like his sixth Darce choke win in his career. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just looking looking at his record right now. Yeah, it's funny he was talking about wanting to fight Tony Ferguson for right. For, you know, yeah, because, because Tony always says he has the best Darce Darce choke. Maybe not fighting, but you know, get him get him like, in a crack. Get them together in like an open weight grappling, grappling challenge. You know, in the future, you know that might be a fun a little fun to watch a little bit. Yeah, because uh, I mean, Tony might get to one seventy, but no way, uh, Dalkus is going down to one seventy. So that'd be that'd be tough. It's interesting what watching him, looking at him with his brother because, like, they're like the same size. It's just yeah, well, you know, Kyle, like Dalkus is just Kyle used to beefy. fight heavyweight anyway when he first started. So yeah. Yeah, so you know, Chris just doesn't cut weight and Kyle does. So um yeah, it's uh you know, and he's got that big beard too, probably another ten pounds right there. Um <clears throat> yeah, speaking of heavyweights, uh Parker Porter and Alain Badeau was exactly what we were afraid it was gonna be. It was the exact same fight as side Salma and uh you know, whoever that other guy was, Davion Franklin and Bellator. Like it was just it was there. It was uh, you know, whatever. I mean, flip a coin. Who won? Okay, I, you know, I, I wish this fight hadn't happened. <laughs> I wish yeah. I could have that twenty minutes back. Uh, it, it was, it was definitely not the best heavyweight fight I've seen. Far from the worst. It was just kind of, yeah, kinda just there. But Parker Porter is a guy who probably who was probably only in the UFC by circumstance, you know, with the pandemic, because he's a 37 year old heavy heavyweight with just 12 and well, I think he's 13 and six right now. I think is his record, but uh, that's three straight wins. So, so I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's winning. He's beating them. He's beating guys. He's better than, and I've, I suggested him on matchup matchup, you know, part of my column. I go like, you know what? It's perfect for him. Parker Porter gets Andre Arlowski. Cause they're just kind of just the same. Oh. Same fighter right now. So. Yeah, sure. Why not? Sure, why not? I mean, yeah. Andre's going mean, to beat him. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I'll, put, I'll, beat, I'll put Andre's my mortgage payment him. on that one. <laughs> Andre's going to beat him, but like we said, we yeah, Andre can't really get give no. the, you, know, you know guys ahead of him. So Andre needs to be fighting guys that are around that same level as him, and yeah. that's Parker Porter. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, and yeah, and then if Parker does win, yeah, then maybe he get, he does. You know, he gets ranked, and then you know, and then he starts fighting guys like, uh, you know, um, you know, your Chris Dalkus, and uh, well, he's already fought Dalkus, but um, you know, guys like uh, he becomes a 
it becomes a bounce back victim for Derek Lewis in the future. There you go. There you go. Yeah, or uh, or uh, yards and zero Rosen streak. Or or tie or tie if tie suffers a setback. Oh you God. Know, tie, tie. There you go. A win, you know, win. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, my favorite moment of the night uh, is uh, was Jim Miller um, getting the second round uh, KO over Nicholas Moda. Uh, first round was really good. Um, you know, I, I I think I had Miller win in the first round. I, I don't necessarily remember, but he came out strong in the second and uh, just you know was was just on point with his striking and and just just peppering him and uh, you know eventually Moda went down and Miller you know gets on the ground and finishes him and like he looks better and better and better every fight. Like it's, it's crazy. And, you know, he's talking again about, you know, he said this was like one of his toughest camps ever because he's got so much other stuff going on with his kids and other businesses and stuff. But he says like, he's keeps bringing up UFC 300. This is his second straight, uh, you know, second round knockout. Um, you know, he, you know, he hasn't even been finished in, you know, like over three years and that was to Charles Oliveira. So, um, you know, I, he's gonna get there. Like I'm, I'm, I'd put money on it now at this point. He's get, he's getting the UFC 300. Oh, Jim, Jim F. And Miller is fighting at UFC 300. That's that's July 2024. I mean, unless yeah. something, unless you know, barring some something happening to him and he decides to walk away, or there's some injury that's preventing uh, preventing him, I can guarantee you they already, you know, they. You know, on their matchmaking board, they probably already have like in the bottom right hand corner, <laughs> UFC 300 and Jim Miller's name name on there. You know, as long as he, as long as he can fight, he's going to be on that UFC 300 card because they're never they're never going to get rid of him. I mean, he's gonna yeah. it's going to be a situation situation where he has to walk away. And you know, we're seeing some guys, and and he's still only 38, and we're seeing some guys yeah. fight under their into the mid forties and I brought up, you know, UFC three hundred, that's that's the goal, but he said thirty nine fights in the UFC. It's not realistic out of the out of the oh, yeah. woods that he could be the first guy to make it to fifty UFC fights. I don't know if he will because yeah. because if 50's he fights tough. If he fights two more times this year and he fights three times next year and he fights once before UFC three hundred, UFC three hundred would be like his forty fifth, forty sixth fight. It'll be forty okay. at the time, so I mean, like Dude. I said, it's he's the one that it's most possible with at the moment. At the moment, mm-hmm. I don't know that he will, but uh, but yeah, he's making it to UFC three three hundred, and if and uh, I mean, you need this is twice in a row where they've given him a guy making his UFC debut. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, <laughs> they need to stop doing that. If you want to, yeah. if you if you want to. If you want to send somebody in their UFC debut on and see if they can, you know, have some success, you don't need to be doing it as Jim Miller. Like I said, he's going to beat these. He's going to beat ninety percent of these young guy, young guys. It's the guys who've been in in there, have been in those dog wars like him that are going to still give him trouble. And he's, he's, he's every bit as good as he always has been. It's not as great as when he was a title contender, but I mean, every bit as good as he's been in the last six years or so. So he has fought. Uh, 11 times since April 2018. So that's, you know, basically four years ago. So if he fights another four years, he probably gets to 50 wins. 
So, yeah. or 50 fights, I should say. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and yeah, if he gets to 300 and he's at like 47, you know, by that point, then yeah, you know, you're going to try to get there. Um, you know, and, and yeah, and I hope they, I hope they have someone else in mind, you know, like a legend or something for him to fight at uh, 300 because that, that would be. He talked about he's he's open uh you know a third fight with Lozon or a rematch with Cerrone and you know we I I brought him up last week Bobby Green if he's still around by then so if any one of those three are still around by then that that almost would feel you know perfect kind of you know in in a few years and and you know there's also his 23rd UFC win which ties Cerrone for most yeah. of the time too so we can't can't overlook that and. And and I brought it up last time he fought. I'll probably bring it up again. Up again. Yeah, Jim Miller. He's never been champion. He's never been the number one guy in that in that division. But there has to be a spot in the UFC Hall of Fame for him. Oh yeah, it. yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I mean, at the very least, you know, one of his fights. But um, you know, he's had a couple of wars that you know will probably get nominated at some point. But he, as a fighter, definitely should be. And you know what? Put him in on that weekend. The UFC 300. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. And then he fights, and yeah, you see what happens from there. Yeah. He, um, even, 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 I'm going to bring this, even Andre Arlovsky, uh, you know, I saw the debate with him. him. They were talking about John, Jim Miller. I was like, you know what? Arlovsky probably deserves it too, just for, oh, you know, longevity, God, yeah. uh, longevity. Yeah. And he was a champion. And, yeah. Champion twice, in right? Early days. Twice, uh, was he? No, just one. Oh, I thought I thought it was twice, just um, just once. But he had a, he he had a couple defenses. But he's a legend. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Like you know, and and that's the thing. These guys that are legends, you know, like a Cerrone. Like Cerrone's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, everybody goes to like oh, watering down these halls of fame. I mean, no, you know, I mean, they're. I mean, I I get the idea of you know people thinking WWE's Hall of Fame gets watered down, but there are far more fighters that go. That kind of come through the system and and build themselves up. Then there are top WWE guys, so you know there's more of a more of a pool of fighters that you could realistically look at. And not everybody, not everybody that is in the Hall of Fame needs to be a champion. A champion, nope. like even in these like sport sports, I was like looking at the at the NBA Hall of, or the pro or the basketball Hall of Fame inductees this year guys like paul pierce and mm -hmm. ben wallace they might have been on championship teams but they were never never guys who were you know probably even top 10 of the league at any point there no. the no. given point they were in but they made a hall of fame because it's it's a hall of fame it's about recognition and this is why this is why you'll always see me get so heated about the baseball <laughs> hall of hall of fame oh my god it's, it's the biggest joke of a hall of fame Hall of Fame there is, but uh, I mean, you know, Halls of Fame are supposed to are supposed to recognize the achievements of a person in a sport. And guys like Andre Arlovsky and Jim Miller, Jim Miller or Donald Cerrone, you know, maybe never champions, maybe never. Well, Arlovsky was, but the other two, maybe never champions, maybe never the top guy, but they've done so much that they deserve recognition. I think where, you know, like, you know, at some point you stop and maybe like when you get to like the level of like a Matt Brown, you know, like that's not really yeah, a Hall yeah. of Famer. But but I mean, you know, anybody above that, I you know, just about, you know, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but these guys yeah. who have who have records and like, you know, are top of most wins, most fights, mm -hmm. most finishes, most performance yeah. bonuses, bonuses, which you're seeing guys, you know, that's. This is Jim Miller's name in all of those. And like like Oliveira. Oliveira was probably a Hall of Famer, even if he didn't win the title. He's, border, right? I mean, he's borderline, and now he, 
he's now he he's a de- he's a definite in my opinion. Yeah, Damian Maya, you know, like guys like that. Um, so yeah, they're uh yeah, so we'll see that at some point. Um and you know I mentioned Matt Brown. There's some people out there that will fight me for saying Matt Brown's not a Hall of Famer, but Matt Brown's not a Hall of Famer. Um, but he's got his fans, I tell you. Uh the other main card fight, uh you know what if I'll be honest a, with you. If there was a violent if you added a violence wing and wanted yes. to wanted to highlight yeah. highlight like Oh, you know, these are the most violent fighters in your in your yeah. history. You throw Matt Brown in that week. Yeah, Leonard Garcia and Korean Zombie and guys like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so the other uh, main card fight, I, I'll be honest, I don't remember much about this one. Uh, and maybe when you talk about it, you'll remind me. But Joaquin Buckley won a split decision over Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Um, I don't even remember how I scored it, I'll be honest with you. But I think I had Buckley winning. I had Buckley winning. I had him winning the first and the third. The first was a close round. Close round that could have gone either either way. So if you had it for Allison, I mean, I don't know arguments here, but just a lot of a lot of trading and a lot of takedowns from Buckley. Buckley in the first two rounds, and then the third round, around Allison was like the morning. He actually got some got a takedown, and he he dominated like the yeah the most like dominant round I would say was the third round for Al Hassan, but. Uh, Buckley, I thought did enough, did enough in the first two to get the win, and it was just was it was not the fight I was expecting at all. No, because and, and you know those two were very very patient in that first round. But Al Hassan, if you watched him, he was throwing some stuff to try to to try to end the fight. It was just not connecting perfectly or even at all. I I will say I remember kind of the story of this fight in a nutshell was I thought uh, Al Hassan was he was trying to prove that he could go 15 minutes and basically was holding back in the first two rounds. And I think that's what cost him the fight. Yeah, yeah, very possibly that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so uh, take us through these prelims. There there were some real good stuff on the prelims, uh, especially uh, my Canadian guy. Um, pulling a pulling a win out of his ass, but uh, yeah, uh, take us through these. Yeah, okay. The show opened with a bantamweight fight. Mario Batista uh, scored a unanimous decision over Jay Perrin, 30-27-37-27-30-26. Sounds exactly like the scorecards read. Just <laughs> Batista controlling controlling all through all throughout the fight on the feet on with the takedowns and had a very strong third round. Third round, it was a very clear win for him. Uh, next fight we had Jonathan Pierce defeating Christian Rodriguez unanimous unanimous decision 30-27-29-28-29-28. Lots of Pierce and Pierce with takedowns and ground control. Rodriguez would would uh would land some good shots on the feed and was going for submissions, but it was all controlled for Pierce. So I had it 30, 20, 27. I could see the third round go for, for, I think it was the third, uh, maybe the first. I don't remember. Remember, I don't really think Rodriguez won around, but whatever round you thought he did. Sure. Yeah. Uh, then we had a Bantamweight fight. Chad Allen and Helliger finished Jesse Strader in the third round, uh, three minutes, 33 seconds of the third round like that, you know, like that, but uh, the first two rounds were very fun. Lots of trading. Uh, Strader yeah. won the first, and Helliger won the second. And the third, third is whoever wins this. 
wins this round, wins it, and and Helliger dropped him with a I don't I don't remember if it was left or right, but it was a big punch. Got on top and started landing punches from the mount, and it was finished. Uh, Strader wasn't happy about it. He was he was mad complaining. At, yeah, he was complaining to Herb Dean about it because because you know we all know Herb is not the most consistent. <laughs> but it was a it was a good stoppage. So it's like Herb, yeah. what are you doing? What are you yeah, doing, was, Herb? Yeah, was, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing, Herb? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like that 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 question is yelled at Herb Dean every week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had a then we had a women's. Women's oh, strawweight fight. Uh, Gloria DePaula beat Diana Belbita. Unanimous decision. 29-28 all around. Nah, far, nah, it was a decent it fight. It was fine. The, the, yeah. the third round was good. But, I mean, yeah. it was just, I mean, you, when you're watching, you're like, okay, nobody's going to finish. Nobody's going to get a finish. You know, there's not going to be a knockout. There's not going to be a submission. It's a lot of just... This was the exact same fight as us on the Bellator show between Deanna Bennett and Justine Kish. It was the exact same fight. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, who's going to win these rounds and who's going to get the decision? I had a 29-28 DePaula, as did pretty much everybody. So Uh, then we had a featherweight fight. Chaz Skelly finished uh, Mark Striegel in the second round, two minutes, two minutes, one second. Well, the second round, the first was kind of kind of fun. Skelly got a takedown, was you know, kind of you know landing some body punches from the top. Striegel was landing elbows from the from the bottom, and a lot of work on the ground. Uh, second round, Striegel's or uh, Skelly's the same way, always going go for the takedowns. Takedowns. They got up. They got up. Uh, they both kind of Skelly landed a short uppercut. Striegel landed an elbow, and Skelly out of nowhere lands a knee that drops Striegel, and then Skelly just started unloading punches to get the finish. Uh, Skelly said coming into the fight, this is a, that this would be his retirement fight, that he's got a lot going on outside. He said he said after the fight fight like that he'll keep himself on the roster and in the testing pool and if something if they offer him something interesting for you know decent pay you know he'll he'll think about it. But as far as he's concerned concerned, his career's over and He's finishing at nineteen and three, uh, with yeah. with an eight and three, eight and three UFC record, and his only loss his losses came to to Mirsad Bektich, Jason Knight. Uh, uh, I forget. I'm trying to look, I'm trying to think of the third one off the top of my top of my head without looking it up, uh, but I'm gonna have to because uh, it's. I'm I got it here. Drawing a blank for a second. Yeah, Jay, Darren Elkins. Uh, Darren Elkins. Yeah, I knew knew yeah. something. He did lose the ball. Bobby Moffitt, but it was overturned turned to a, due to some controversial stoppage. In that he got a, he got a um, he got a, a roofing job after the yeah fight yeah yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah yeah Skelly lives in my area. He you can okay. hear him shout out Azel Texas Azel Texas, which is like a twenty minute drive from my from my house. So we kind of have run in this, and we're same age, so we've kind of run in the same circles. A little okay. bit in life, but uh, but yeah, I know I know the company does roofing for so. So he's so gonna go to he's gonna go to Philly and and put in Paul Felder's roof. Possibly, yeah, might as well. Yeah, yeah, might why not? Yeah. Um, then we had a women's bantamweight fight. Stephanie Eggers submitted Jessica Rose Clark with an arm bar in the first round. I thought this was kind of a surprise. Clark was controlling with the wrestling and the clinching, and uh, but Edgar was able to get a takedown, takedown and got the arm bar and got Clark to tap. Tap. It was uh, kind of out of nowhere. Good win for Edgar. And then we had what was supposed to be a featherweight fight, but Gabriel Benitez missed weight by two pounds. Uh, but 
didn't matter because David Onama knocked him out in the F four minutes, 24 seconds of the first round. Uh, Benitez was landing the better shots earlier and landing a lot of leg kicks. Yeah. You know, he's showing some good, some good striking. I came Velasquez in his corner, uh, but uh, all of a sudden Onama started landing some counter shots that started to hurt Benitez. Benitez slows, slowed down and then a le- left hand rocked Benitez and then just a flurry Against like a violent flurry, one of the, yeah, one of the, you know against the fence, and Benitez was out cold on on his feet, and big win for Onama. He had a he had a lot of hype following his loss lost to Mason Jones, and that was a great fight, and this is a great performance for him, and he's you know he's got a lot of he's got a lot of potential to be to be a contender, but featherweight is tough, but uh you know he could he's a guy who could be up there up there in some high profile fights in a few years from now. Another one of these African fighters that is just coming on strong and just crazy power. Like it's 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 incredible. Um, so he he got a fifty thousand dollar performance bonus as well as Stephanie Yeager, uh, Kyle Daukus, and Jamal Hill. Which uh, you know obviously that uh, Jamal Hill. I mean that's going to be in the conversation for knockout of the year at the end of the year if people remember it because uh, that was a visual. You know especially with the height of Walker and the way he fell and everything. And you know and and with Jim Miller getting that like super impressive finish, the fact that he didn't even get a performance bonus. I mean that tells you it's a pretty good card. Um, you know best thing about it. I mean it. You know it starts at three o'clock our time, and you texted me. You know I was still watching it, but it was done at you know eight o'clock. It was, um, you know, it, they were they were reading the you know local time central time. They were reading the the main event uh, result announcement. Joe Martinez was at eight o eight o five, which was nice because because right when the Walker Hill fight started, I had me an edible gummy, and then I was asleep. <laughs> I was asleep by nine thirty, and I did not wow. wake up until eleven a.m. Sunday morning, and I felt mm-hmm. so good. Wow. I, uh, I actually, you know, I watched this and then I, you know, I was busy. I watched a lot of stuff. I watched Bellator. I watched, um, you know, there was, oh, a TNA paper or impact uh, show on Saturday. So I was just watching stuff all weekend. I got, I got like everything in and today was a holiday as well. I did a, a music show with, uh, with our, our buddy, David Lovell. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I had a busy weekend, but a lot of fun and a lot of fights. Uh, and this was a really good show. Um, so, you know, 12 fights in five hours, like that's a great pace, you know, it's, and that was the thing with the Bellator show. Like I didn't watch it live, but I'm looking at the timer and, you know, like the main card was three hours for five fights. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. 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 You know, one thing we didn't mention about the Bellator card, it was the first, uh, 25 minute main event in uh Bellator history. That wasn't a title. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that fourth round, you know, which was like a round of the year, doesn't happen under the old rules. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. So, there you go. So, yeah, that was UFC. And uh, we got another one coming up this weekend. Same thing. Uh, you know, it's uh, afternoon card, three o'clock, 12 fights. You know, maybe we'll be done by eight o'clock again. You know, and in Vegas, it's six. So, you know, they, they can go out on the town, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I'm sure Jamal Hill did uh, after his big win, but um, I don't know, man. That guy's got six six kids. He might have oh, been okay. busy being a dad. <laughs> well, I'm sure the fifty grand came in handy then. Um, so yeah, this coming weekend. Okay, so last week we talked about 
you know, Bobby Green getting a big win. And we said, you know, it's time for him to get, get be getting into main events. And uh, little did we know, uh, shortly after we recorded, um, Bilal Muhammad was it Bilal Muhammad. No, it was Benil Darius. Um, yeah. Um, I gotta remember that name. Um, he, uh, he pulled out of his fight with Islam Makachev and Bobby Green steps in on, you know, short notice. Uh, you know, he fought two weeks ago. Uh, well, one week ago, you know, and, and now he's fighting next week um, against Islam Makachev, which is not something that, you know, you kind of want to be doing, but Bobby Green's never going to say no to a fight. And he's got nothing to lose. You know, it's his first main event. But, um, you know, Makachev's a guy that, like, nobody in that division wants to fight. And, uh, you know, Bobby Green gets a win here. He's, like, a top, you know, he's a top 10, if not top 5 guy. And if he loses, well, he's still Bobby Green. So, um, you know, it's, I, I mean, I don't expect anything more than uh, Makachev mauling. But, you know, we've seen Bobby Green in a lot of fights. And he's he doesn't normally get dominated. So, it's a little intriguing. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Green, he was not the first guy they called. called trust me, they, he, he was on vacation. He even talked about on Ariel Elwani's show today how he it already ballooned up to 195 five pounds wow. when he got got the phone call. But he's already he said he's already down to where 160 will be easy easy to make. He was just, yeah, it's agreed, catch weight, right? Yeah, they agreed to fight at 160 just because – because of the notice and because of green, because he was on vacation. I don't know where the hell he was, but he was already, he was already long gone. But uh, yeah, they called a bunch of other guys to fight Makachev, some ring guys included, and nobody wanted to fight him on ten days' notice. Which I don't blame him. Bobby Green's the type of guy that'll fight Isla Makachev on ten days' notice. And honestly, if Bobby Green can keep this fight standing, it's super interesting because Green just he has that pressure and that pace. And Makachev, as great of a fighter as he is, his his dominance is on the with the takedowns and the submissions, but he can be he can be exploited on the feet. And Bobby Green's the type of fighter who will make it tough for him on the feet. This is I mean, Makachev should win this fight. This is not a this is not the blowout fight that you would think. Think considering, you know, Green's record compared to Makachev's record record. Bobby Green's gonna make this very interest interesting. Uh I mean, I fully expect Makachev to win, but I don't think it's gonna be very easy night for him at all. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, nothing to lose for, for Bobby Green. And I I I you know, you'd probably know better than me, but I don't think anybody has ever fought in a main event um, two weeks after fighting, like previously. I, I'm sure this has to be the first time it's ever happened. I mean, it feels like it might have happened during the pandemic. I can't really remember off the top of yeah. my head. For a main of, oh, maybe, um, you know, it might have been, who was it that was fighting like every other week, like Kevin Holland or something? Um, I think maybe he did it, or maybe it's three weeks. I don't um, think anybody, anybody in a main event, in a main event yeah. has. I mean, there's been main card and co-main event, co-main events. I remember Cerrone fighting, yeah, Vincent Henderson like two weeks after he fought Miles Jury, but that was a co-main event. And this is five rounds too. They yeah, agreed five to, rounds. yeah, they agreed to five rounds, which is crazy because it easily could go five rounds. Yeah. Um, in yeah. fact, I almost expected to. I mean, um, Bobby Green, props to Bobby. Bobby Green's, you know, yep. finally he's, you know, he's getting the love he he deserves and getting the high profile status he, you know, he's earned earned. For Hopefully years, he's getting uh, for years. 
Hopefully he's getting compensated very well for this. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's getting he's getting a decent paycheck for this one. Good, good, good. And really, I mean, you know, like a lot of these cards, there's nothing else. <laughs> um yeah, like not really there's, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing. one really there's one really strong main card five main card five, but uh, everything else and there's and there's uh there's a there's at least one really strong lightweight prospect on the on the prelims, but everything else is kind of you know just there. Is that uh, okay? Well, we'll go we'll go through it. We'll go I don't through. I can't even I can't even tell which card which fight you're talking about is the other really good main card fight like Sarukian and Alvarez. Yeah, yeah. We'll okay, go through, okay. We'll go yeah. Um, so the co-main is uh, Misha Serkinov, um, you know, former you know uh, light heavyweight title challenger, I think, right? I always yeah, never, always never fought for the, never fought for the title. Okay. I say this really? every time. I always, I say this every time. Who am I? I'm mixing him up with um, uh, the guy that fought Vol- Cormier. Yeah, you're mixing him up with Volcan. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a Canadian guy. Well, he's you know he's not really Canadian, but he says he is. Uh, he fights out of Toronto, but he's originally from uh, Croatia or something. Um, Misha Sirkinov. He's fighting Wellington Terman. Uh, you know. Middleweight fight, um, you know, whatever. These are two journeyman guys, you know. One of them could be cut, honestly, if they lose. But um, I, yeah, I don't really care about this fight. You give me a reason to. Uh, I'm, I'm hard pressed to give you a okay. reason. I care, care about the <laughs> right. fight. It's, it, it's a fight. Terman's, you know, a a an injury replacement took this fight probably like a month's notice for replacing Mahmoud Muradov, which that would have been a better fight. If him yeah. against Serkinov happened, but yeah, is what it is. Serkinov, uh, you know, for, like I said, former light heavyweight. Uh, he moved down to middleweight for his last fight and lost a split decision to Christoph Jotko and didn't look particularly good uh, from what I remember. Um, so, you know, but, you know, hopefully maybe he'll be a little bit more used to the weight now. And if he can keep the power he had at uh, 205, you know, it could be a problem. But, you know, the fact that he couldn't even beat Christoph Jocko doesn't really bode well for his future. Um, another fight that I couldn't care less about is a women's flyweight fight, Priscilla Kashera and Gian Kim. I'm going to be honest when I say this. Uh, this is no shot at Gian Kim. Uh, this fight has no business being on the main card. There's at least three fights on the prelims. You could easily swap it out with uh, Priscilla Cachoeira. I don't know how they kept her around after the, the eye gouging incidents uh, with Julian Robertson in December. She should have been cut after that. I mean, also, that's not without mentioning she might be the be one of the bottom five overall fighters on the roster, even though she's got two UFC wins. She's not good. Not good, and uh, you know, but uh, I would have cut her after that eye gouging incident because that was blatant and obvious and happened a couple of times. I don't know I can't why they believe, kept her. I can't believe we're seeing her again. Like, and that I wasn't that long ago. Again, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe the fact that she, she did take this fight on short notice as a, as a replacement that probably helped her keep her job. The one, the fact that she was willing to do that, but uh, I can't see her lasting much longer with the promotion, and and uh, this, I don't like this fight. It's probably going to be boring, and yeah. that's all you I talk say. about. Other fights, like I mean, Jin Yu Fry and Hannah Goldie, Alejandro Perez and Jonathan Martinez, Terrence McKinney and Fari Zayam. 
there's your three fights. Any one yeah. of them would have been better than this. That's what um, I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, this is the other fight that you said. I mean, this really sh probably should be the co-main, but, um, okay. you know, it's, they don't really have the name value but of Amisha Sirkinov. But Armin Sirikian and Joel Alvarez, uh, two great, great lightweight prospects. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, both have similar records, like 17-2 and two and 19-2. and two. Um, I mean, really, like, uh, Sarukian's only losses to you know Islam Makachev in the last like seven years, um, you know, and <laughs> I, uh, yeah, and Joel Alvarez is a guy that's just been you know he he's kind of been the underdog I think a few times and you know he just keeps winning. He's won four in a row. Beat Tiago Moises in his last fight. Um, this is like this is a crazy good fight. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Sarukian seventeen and two, Alvarez nineteen and two, both four and one in the UFC. Sarukian ranked thirteenth. Uh, Alvarez was flirting with the ranking, flirting with the rankings, but you know the bottom of the lightweight's been kind of crazy. Uh, Al, we got to keep in mind that with Alvarez, his his weight's been issue. He's missed weight in his last two fights. He's looked great in mm -hmm. both of them, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a strong fight. This should be this should be the co-main. Coming event, yeah, they don't have the names, but these are these are two guys that you know we talk about Makachev, you know, possibly being a champion and who might be his contenders. These two guys could definitely fit the bill as somebody who who's you know fighting for a title here in a cut here within you know a year or two year or two. So There's very two very strong lightweight prospect prospects, and this is this this will probably be a fun fight because even Sarukian, you know, he sounds sounds like a guy who. Who's a wrestler? And he is. Yeah. He is, but he's had some exciting fights. Exciting fights. And his win over I remember his win over Matt Frivola in uh in Abu Dhabi in January last year. You know, that was pretty fun. And then he finished Chris Osiagos in his last last fight. So this guy finishes a lot. And the Makachev fight was really good as well. Well, so yeah, this this should be a very high level fight. Did um were either of these two guys um, considered at all for you know stepping into the main event slot, or did they really want to keep this fight together? I think they wanted to keep this fight together, and were more okay. concerned with re replacing you know. Barriers. Yeah, because there is only twelve fights here, so I mean they kind of needed, you know, they didn't really want to get rid of one fight if they didn't have to, right? Um, no, the uh, the other main card fight now, I without even pulling up his record, and I could easily do that, but I want to say Armand Petrosian. He, his name sounds familiar. Right? Did we see him on the Contender Series this year? Yes. Okay, I thought so. And he's fighting, uh, so I guess it's UFC debut against Gregory Rodriguez, uh, yes. middleweight. Yeah, middleweight. so um, this I'm surprised this fight's on the main card, too. This looks like a card. This looks like, like an opening fight, like the first fight on the card kind of thing. But. Well, no. Well, Rodriguez is 2-0 in the UFC and has actually looked good, looked good in okay. his two fights. And Petrosian... You know he's kind of got a name because he's got that got that kickboxing background and he had, you know he had an exciting finish on finish on on the contender series. It's actually a perfect main card main card okay. opener in my opinion. But uh, mm. yeah, I mean Petrosian, they're giving him a tough guy for his debut, so they're they must be high on him, and we'll see how it works out works out for out, out for him. Uh, Rodriguez could turn this into a takedown. Battle Petrosian is going to want to keep this on the feet, and and you know he'll definitely have the edge there. Petrosian has won every single one of his fights via um, knockout 
uh, or every like he's he's six and one, but all his wins have been by knockout. And he's moving down. He normally fights at light heavyweight, but he he was kind of small on the contender series. So um, you know him at middleweight, if he can keep that power, I mean, you know, he could be a problem in a couple of years. Um, and, uh, yeah, take us through these prelims, which I mean, you know, you take out the main event and the prelims might be better than the main card. Okay. Uh, we close out the prelims. Uh, I'm going to start out from top to bottom. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to go top to bottom. So we close out the prelims with a lightweight fight. Rong Zhu from China against Ignacio Bahamondes. Bahamondes is coming off that crazy wheel kick knockout of Roosevelt Roberts last year. That was one of the best knockouts of the year. Oh, he yeah. Had, that, uh, yeah. the shoot, like the black mass. The shoot black mass that you, that yeah. you loved. Yeah. 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 So both these guys are one and one. I mean, it's prospects. Probably be a fun fight. Both these guys are action fighters. Uh, then we have a lightweight fight. Uh, Terrence McKinney against Frost Ziam. Uh, this fight was supposed to happen in November, but COVID protocols put Pushed it back. Uh, McKinney is a. It's his second UFC fight. He got a seven-second knockout on Matt Favola in his first first fight. He's got a lot of hype, a lot of potential. A guy everybody's been wanting to see see for a while. Faraz Zayim is a tough test for him. Uh, we're kind of going to see what McKinney's made of here, but McKinney has has the potential to be to be a you know solid prospect at lightweight and. Maybe I'll get into this in a, in a bit. I should, I should those, buy. A, I should try to find a Terrence McKinney NFT. Yeah, I was gonna say those. Uh, <laughs> I had a Terrence McKinney NFT and I I sold it. And based on what they've been going for lately, I definitely undervalued. Valued <laughs> I was wondering. Value. Yeah, I I I base my value on the serial numbers, and I okay. and I sold it for eight bucks. But his bottom floor is right now at like fifteen bucks, so I could oh. have held on to it for for a few more days and probably sold it for quite a profit. But I'm already I'm already in the pro. I've I had ten of those NFTs. I've sold six, and I've already got got my money back plus some oh, good. plus good. some. So yeah, thank my I had a I had a Chimay of one for a high serial number that that ended up selling yesterday for eighty five bucks, and I probably could have got at least a hundred if I would have held on to it a little bit longer. But, oh, but uh, I'm freaking now I'm going to be, I'm going to get sucked into this. I just know it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, these NFTs are, NFTs are in, interesting. Interesting. I mean, you know, I've sold, sold sit, you know, I bought, I bought two packs plus I got, plus I bought the first pack in the first round, which they refunded everybody, everybody for and gave you a bonus. And I bought two packs this past week. So I've, I've invested a hundred dollars in into it and i've so far returned about 130 on it oh, nice. so i'm like 30 in the profit most of it was the chimay of one chimay of one most of my low low price ones have sold have sold i probably undersold on the mckinney but i got a nagata one with with you know serial number 951 out of 23,900 that i got up for like 200 bucks which which if i could sell that one you know that'll be That'll be good, but anyway, nice. those those NFTs. I'm I'm very interested in how it works. How it works. So you, I I traded baseball cards when I was younger, but I haven't done that yeah. in a while. This feels exactly exactly like this, and I I'm I'm not much of like a collector on this stuff. I just like to I like to like with this first set. I wanted to to buy and then try to sell to to get some funds up to to buy these future packs where you know there's going to be higher value cards. So they say. If, if Garrett Gonzalez is listening to this, he's going to be so pissed at me, but uh, I won't get into it. <laughs> he can could, he could tell me off air. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
but anyway, uh, back to back to fight real quick. Yeah. Real quick. But, yeah. But yeah, if you're interested in those NFTs, look up UFC Strike. Very, it's very interesting. I I kind of I was never big into this whole NFT craze, but I've kind of this has kind of gotten me into it a little bit. I don't think I'll ever get get into it outside of UFC Strike, but I'm at least enjoying enjoying seeing how all this is working from that that, that side. But anyway, uh, we have. Actually, in between those two fights, we have a women's featherweight fight, Josie Ann Nunez against Ramona Pasquale. There's an interesting story behind this. Uh, Pasquale is Nunez's third different opponent, and she took this fight like on a week's notice. Uh, Nunez was originally supposed to fight Wu Yanan, but she pulled out due to injury. Then she was supposed to fight Jennifer Gonzalez. But about a, but sometime last week, Gonzalez, uh, a USADA, but uh, Drug tester showed up to her gym to take her to take her drug test, and they got into some sort of like big heated argument. Argument. She was arguing with the drug tester and then refused to take her drug test. So they. Oh wow. They said, "Okay, uh, we're pulling your contract. Pulling your contract." So now Pasquale, who fought on the last Invicta show in in January, she gets the late notice call. So it's kind of kind of a strange story about how this. If you're a fighter, don't fighter, and there's a USADA person there to drug test you. Don't ever argue with them because that's basically admitting failure. So, and they're fighting at featherweight, right? Uh, uh I was uh, press release listed it as a bantamweight fight, but so okay, I don't, I don't, wrong I don't know. Maybe it's a bantamweight. Maybe it's a featherweight. Uh, you know, I have it listed as bantamweight, but maybe I haven't looked lately. Um, okay. Then we have uh, another women's fight, uh, strawweight fight, Jin Yu Frey against Hannah Goldie. Goldie's looking for her second straight win when she finally got her first UFC win against Emily Whitmire. I think it was in September. Uh, Frey has two straight wins after starting her UFC career off with two straight losses. Has looked good in her last two fights. So winner of this fight could be very close to being ranked and fight a rank, cont- rank contender next. Uh, then we have a Bantamweight fight, which I think should be on the main card, but Alejandro Perez and Jonathan Martinez. These guys are veterans. Uh, I mean, Perez has the, I think, out of every fighter on the card, he has either the third or fourth most fights in the UFC on this card. And Martinez is right up there with them. And, and Perez is eight, three and one in the UFC. Martinez is five and three. Both of these guys are action fighters. Uh, so it should be a pretty fun, fun, fun fight early on the show. Uh, we have a welterweight fight, uh, kind of a fight that came there in late notice or Ms. Brahamaj against Michael Gilmore. Gilmore was on this past season of ultimate fighter was given a right. fight at the Ultimate Fighter finale against Andre Petrovsky, and he looked absolutely horrible. And I thought there was no way he gets another another UFC fight, but I guess they decided to give him one. And he's fighting in his natural weight class of welterweight. Uh, he's got to win this fight because if he looks as bad as he did against Petrovsky and loses, he's not going to get a third UFC fight. And then we open the card with a flyweight fight. Two guys that were signed out the Contender Series this year, Victor Altamirano against Carlos Hernandez. Uh, both these guys only have one loss in their career. Altamirano is, I think, like 10-1 and one or 12-1. Hernandez is a 7-1, seven-fight winning streak. Both these guys had exciting fights on the Contender Series, and uh, they're both action fighters. So that should be a good fight to kick off the show. So Yeah, so, you, don't often, you don't often see two guys making their UFC debut fighting against each other, so that's kind of cool um gilmore is um 
I remember that fight and just thinking that, you know, it kind of like exposed the ultimate fighter as like, these guys are not nearly ready for UFC as opposed to guys on the contender series um, that are, you know, they're kind of ready to make that next step. Whereas the ultimate fighter is like a step below the contender series almost. So yeah. On the, Gilmore needs a win. Real quick on the Nunez pass qualified. ESPN has it listed as a Bantamweight fight as well. Okay. Okay. So topology is probably wrong. Yeah. It wouldn't be the, first or even 50th time that topology was wrong so um so that is uh espn plus show um at uh, on saturday starting at three o'clock eastern and you know be, being that it's all on espn plus should be over is it the whole card on espn plus yes whole card on espn plus all right cool so yeah hopefully it should be another uh, quick show it's definitely done by nine you know 10 o'clock eastern but maybe even you know nine eight central our time so that'd be cool um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's this coming, uh, this coming weekend and other, uh, you know, we mentioned the Bellator show on Friday, there's a PFL challenger show also running at the same time. Well, no, not the same time later on. Cause the uh, Bellator is in the afternoon in North America, We've got an LFA show and a Fury FC show all, uh, all this coming weekend on fight pass. So a big, big busy week. And, um, so I guess uh, oh as we're gonna just take a quick look at Bell 275. We um we already did mention yeah the main is anything else on the card is like James Gallagher fighting or anything? No, co-main event is now uh, Liam McCord against uh, Sinead Kavanaugh. Oh my God, Sinead yeah. Kavanaugh again? Yeah, well she's from a you know He's a straight black gym, right? Yeah, shows in Dublin. You know it's SPG home, so that's why. But uh. But yeah, there's not much else to this card. Brett Johns is fighting on the uh, on the prelims, prelims, and he's, yeah. he's probably the only other name anybody knows. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm looking at the card right now, and there's like nobody. Brian Moore is like the only guy I've ever heard yeah. of. There's there's yeah. ten fighters on the main card, and two of them have Wikipedia entries. Yeah. So. I mean, Gallagher's <laughs> in that bantamweight bantamweight Grand Prix, so we're not seeing right. him until that gets kicked off anyway. So. Yeah. All right. So that's Bell Tour 275. That'll be Friday afternoon. I guess I assume it'll be airing in on in the night on Showtime. It starts. Uh, uh, I think the main card starts at five Eastern time on Showtime. Oh, OK. All right. Cool. I'll watch it on YouTube probably later that night. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have to talk about and we're not going to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I won't get into it. Uh, but uh, it's actually I'm glad you picked this because I actually remember, you know, we're, we're going to look back. And uh, I remember exactly where I was when when I watched this. So, uh, what do we got to talk about this week, Ryan? Yeah, not not to bash your your topic. I think this is more this is more in line with our lis- listener base listener base. And uh, so we're gonna look back. We're gonna go back into the in the clinch vault. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, February, you're listening to the show on t- Tuesday is when the show comes out. So you're listening to the show on Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever. But February 23rd, which is Wednesday, it, this marks the uh, Ninth, ninth, tenth, yep, ninth, ninth anniversary. Ninth. ninth anniversary. Yeah, I was. I don't know why I had 2012 in the brain. That's when they, they bought. But 2013, February 23rd. Uh, kind of a little bit of kind of one of the most important UFC events in history when you kind of look at it because it was UFC 157, seven. But it was the first women's fight in UFC history, and it was the main event of a pay per view. And it had Ronda Rousey uh, submitting Liz Carmouche in the first round. And 
I don't know. We kind of go. We you kind of look back on history. History, you know, that was a big show because obviously it was Rousey's UFC debut, was the debut of women women in the UFC, and they were put in the headline spot on a pay per view pay per view right away, which got a lot of criticism yep. going in going into it because. But uh, I mean, Dana Dana saw the star potential in Rousey, and he's like, we got to you know, the the only way to to debut her is to put her in a pay-per-view main event. That's the, that's the only way to do it. And I, let's be honest if they, the, with, with the benefit of hindsight is the perfect move. Rousey became a massive star. This show did very well, very yep. well at the time, at the time, at the time. And Rousey ended up becoming one of the biggest stars in UFC history, one of the biggest pay-per-view draws in UFC history. And, and yeah, when you look back at, Women in the UFC, this, you know, February 23rd, 2013 is really the landmark day, the day it all started. So I was actually, we were, um, we were going to a Disney World that, that uh, week and we did a, we drove down to Minneapolis and then we flew from there because we saved a lot of money on flights by doing that. And so on the Saturday we were in Minneapolis and I was staying right across the street from the mall of America. And I was trying to find a place to watch this because, um, the, you couldn't like the internet, like in the hotel, like I couldn't watch it on my computer. Um, it's not like now, like now the internet's a lot better. This is nine years ago. So I ended up finding a bar that I could watch this at. And I find, you know, I finally found it. And really like there was one fight on this card I was interested in and it was Rousey Carmouche. Like, you know, I mean, we had Leona Machida and Dan Henderson in the main of, in the co-main and we also had Uriah Faber, fighting on the card and it's funny now like when you when you just talked about it and if people you know i don't imagine there's too many people listening to the show that you know weren't around then watching but if they were the idea of you know a women's bantamweight title fight especially featuring ronda rousey not headlining the show seems ridiculous but at the time People were saying, like, you've got Dan Anderson. He's a Hall of Famer, former champion. Leota Machida, like another champion. You know, they should be fighting each other. Or they should be headlining. And, I mean, it was a no-brainer. Excuse me. I take over for a second. I got a cough. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, like I said, there was a lot of a lot of talk a lot of talk you know whether whether it was the right move move to put it on put it on for first uh you had but you had to yeah i mean yeah. if they if they relegated it to a co-main event under another title fight or or even under a non-title fight title fight it could have stunted the growth of women's mma which was already like which was already in a huge momentum upward swing swing because Rousey had made herself a star in strike force, you know, at, you know, post Zufa, you know, purchase of it, purchase of it. But, uh, I mean, you had to, I mean, you had every, you had everything with Ronda Rousey to make a star and you just, you had to go with it and it worked out. I mean, and, yeah. and now women's MMA is every bit as part of the UFC as, as, has felt like forever. I mean, you still got your vocal critics, but you know, those, those people, you know, you know, they don't really need to be listened to, listened to. And, you know, they're, they're a lot less normal, normal than it was at the time, because there was a lot of criticism at the time. I just, the, there was a huge portion of the UFC fan base that wasn't ready for women. I was ready at the time for it. Yeah, me too. I had seen plenty of women fight, women fights they deserved to be in the ufc 
long before that time, but it was the right time with the right person, and it worked out perfectly for for well, everybody. She, well, involved. she had she had the fight with uh, Misha Tate in Strike Force that, you know, it it did an incredible rating. Um, they had an awesome um, countdown kind of special that aired beforehand that brought in a lot of fans that weren't watching UFC or watching MMA before yeah. that, and then you know, and then the fight with Sarah Kaufman also did really good numbers so you know it, it was they had to do it and really like you couldn't headline with you know it sounds ridiculous now like leota machida and dan henderson you know light heavyweight fight non-title like you're not going to headline with that yeah. Yeah. and you know uriah faber and ivan menjavar like you know it's just ridiculous the, um, the, the risk was putting putting the fight in paper in a pay per view headline spot because this is when they had their Fox deal. They, they could easily put yeah. this fight on Fox. It probably would have did it. Yes, did a huge number, but I don't know that that would have helped turn Ronda Rousey no. into into a pay per view draw. But doing this, I mean, they did four four hundred fifty thousand buys right out of the gate with her, which was which was you know a lot stronger than a lot of shows were doing doing at yeah. that at that time at that time i think i think uh let me look real quick i'm trying to... i would i would just off the top of my head i would say that was probably like the fourth biggest of the year i mean it's probably the middle because the next month yeah. they had they had gsp they had gsp and uh <laughs> and uh diaz and then they had the yeah the, the december one did a million yeah, just and then they had they yeah they had a lot of those big fights big fights in the in the fall in the fall but uh I mean the show did al- almost it came within seventy thousand buys of what John Jones and Chelsea yep. did a month later you know two months later so yeah and so. Rhonda I mean she went from here and then the next her next fight was against Misha Tate and they put that in the co-main under Silva Weidman and that show did a million buys and. I mean, that show doesn't do a million buys without Ronda Rousey on it. Um, yeah. I think, you know, people now, yeah, I mean, Silva it was not a million buy pay-per-view guy. Um, and Ronda was. So, um, you know, I think you know, hindsight for sure tells us that, uh, you know, that drew Silva, that Silva, number. No, Silva was a million-dollar person by that time. He had done he had done the Chell fight. He had done, done the Forest fight at that time. At I that guess time, with the right fight, with the right you fight. Know, Vitor Belfort, you yeah, know, that did a big number at that that time, yeah, and that was you know Anderson coming off the loss for Weidman. It was a combination, combination yeah. of the two that that drove it because because Ronda and Misha also had that Ultimate Fighter year. But I mean, even looking back, I mean, I mean they they did way more than the the show beforehand, you know, which was which was a Super Bowl weekend card with Aldo Aldo and Edgar and. Don't oh, care, and Evans and Bigfoot Silva and Overeem, Overeem, and they. That was a Japan sh- one, right? No, that was in Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, they even broke that. But yeah, very, very important. And and let's not also I, I want to mention because you you didn't mention him. This show was also the return to the UFC of Robbie Lawler, who finished right. Josh Koscheck in the first round, and then would go on to be to be UFC welterweight champion and have. Have you know three, three of the best fights in UFC his, history in in you know in subsequent years. The first fight with Johnny Hendricks, the classic with uh, Rory McDonald, Donald at UFC 189, and then the other classic with Carlos Condit at UFC 195, and where you know Lawler got got the you know became champion, 
had <laughs> had three fight of the years, and he's another guy who's going to go in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah, we had uh, yeah a lot of a lot of big names on this card: Dennis Bermudez, Neil Magny, Sam Stout. Uh, Michael Chiesa might have been his first fight after the Ultimate Fighter, I'm not mistaken, because he was still undefeated at that point. Um, yeah, so you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it was actually yeah first fight after he beat Oliver Kenta in the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale. Um, and so yeah, nice big card nine years ago, and uh, yeah, it's uh, we've come a long way. Um, you know, that was the first women's fight in in UFC history, and now you know we get two or three of them on every show. So uh, never would have happened if it wasn't for Ronda Rousey, and now she's headlining WrestleMania. Uh, in you know a few weeks so again <laughs> again hey you know what and uh good for her um and good for us uh, i do want to do a little bonus we have to talk about segment All right. that i didn't warn you about ahead at a time but we got to kind of look at somebody who is a we have to talk about you know segment favorite real quick is a uh, tito mike mike perry mike oh perry, who, won his bare kn- who won his bare knuckle bare knuckle debut this this weekend over uh, Julian Lane, and Good you know, they had they had some entertaining press conference moments that I, that I saw on Twitter. And Perry was talking about how he wants to fight Tiago Alves next. Which sure, I mean, whatever. Was, was Julian was Lane from the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, the let, me, the let me bang bro guy. Right, right, right. Okay. So. <laughs> oh my God, that 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 bare knuckle fighting is perfect for him. I hope he's making a lot of money. Still anyway, there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for you for to segue. No, I, I got nothing to say. What the hell am I going to say about Mike Perry fighting bare knuckle fighting? Yeah, sure. Why not? Tiago Alves. Chad Mendes fought on it too. Fought on it too. Really? And there's a. Yeah, he's talked about. He he talked about you know thinking about coming back to MMA. He still has a UFC contract. He said he wants a new contract if he's going to come back come back to MMA because he he made more money on his bare knuckle fight than what is. What he left, you what he was making when he left the UFC, which I don't understand. I don't get. I was just gonna say you can you can fight bare knuckle when you're still under UFC contract. That doesn't sound right. They they allowed they gave him they allowed him to allow them okay. to. Okay. So they, they clearly don't really want to book him. Then is basically what well. It is. I mean, if if he he had no interest in fighting fighting him, okay. he hasn't gotten back in hasn't got back in the USADA USADA pool, but he wanted to fight bare knuckle. I, I don't think they're going to stop him. I don't think they care much about bare knuckle, but they, but if you want to, you know, fight MMA, you're, you're tied to us. You have to come back, you know, come back to us and work out a deal. And Chad said he's making more money doing bare knuckle, which I don't understand how, how bare knuckle cage fighting BKFC is paying all these guys. I don't so much money. Page so money. was making seven figures because yeah. nobody buys your pay-per-views. I don't know where, you know, I don't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out in the future of that. You know, there's some uh, Grand Theft Auto, some <laughs> things you'd see on Grand Theft Auto going on, money laundering and shit like that. Because I don't understand how the, how they're able to pay, you, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, Mike Perry, Chad Mendes, you know, those guys, six, seven figures. I don't I don't understand it at all. I bought um I bought the one show and I mean I liked it and I, I actually fully intended to buy another one, but when it came around to it, it was just like, nah, I'm not gonna do this. I mean, you never I, hear pay per view numbers from this stuff, so they no. can't be I mean, if if they're 5, doing 20, maybe if they're doing twenty five thousand, that'd be great. Yeah, which I mean, you're not paying these kind of this kind of money if you're doing that. Yeah, 
All right, so let's get into the news. Um, I'm just looking. I assume probably first one you want to talk about is Luke Rockhold. Yeah, yeah, well, just because it's the first thing we have, I got listed. But yeah, Luke Rockhold talked about talking about you know being ready to fight again in June. It talked about he wants to fight Paulo Costa. That'd be fine with me. He also wants to fight <laughs> fight Sean Strickland again. Oh, yeah. you know, rebooks that. Rebook that fight. I mean, Rockhold wants a big, big name because he wants to. He wants to test himself to see if he can still be a contender at middle, middleweight. So you have to give him props for wanting, you know, a big, a uh, big name opponent. I know you're not a Luke Rockhold fan, and not at fan all. And yeah, and I understand some people who aren't, but but he's still good. Let's just see what he got. What uh, knuckleheads at middleweight, isn't there? Yeah, a lot of knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's definitely a strange division. Uh, yeah. Some uh, featherweight fights that were being talked about being made. Uh, first was Max Holloway against Josh Emmett. Uh, Ariel Hawani we talked about both these fights that we're about to talk about, but uh, they said they were looking at that fight whenever they needed a new Columbus main event, but they didn't they didn't book that one. I mean, uh, Holloway had just got cleared from injury, and it looks like they're going to keep him off off you know to fight for the title but if he gets booked soon it'll probably be against josh Hammond. and i could see him maybe want to fight fight to stay active because he was going to fight again fighting well he's gonna he fought yair rodriguez to you know keep himself active and that worked out for him and uh speaking of yair him and brian ortega Tega are being targeted for a fight that looks like it's going to happen sometime in the summertime maybe who knows those guys those guys you know they take a those two take some time to agree to actual dates of fighting, fighting. So, yeah, we'll see. Brian Ortega probably should fight if he's going to get married and keep getting tattoos of Tracy Cortez's <laughs> name on his lips. So, I mean, oh, if he's going to do that, yeah. Yeah, so, but uh, that would be a great fight. And, you know, and whenever that fight could be right back in the title mix. Uh, we talked a little bit a few weeks ago about a – Kat Zagano was supposed to fight Chris Cyborg, and then all of a sudden that fight wasn't happening, and and both sides were saying it was an issue with the other side. Scott Coker, I guess, gave the final word, saying that it was Zagano's management that turned down the fight, and Zagano's going to fight on March 11th now, now with the idea that she she beats Pam Sorensen, that she'll fight for the title. I think a lot of this has to do with Cyborg's contract. I've heard she only has one or two fights left on the deal and that it expires in the summer. So, wow. I mean, so, I mean, Cyborg. What do they do with her? They're, they're not going to re-sign her, so. Cyborg is um, bare knuckle they'll, or. They'll re-sign, they'll re-sign Cyborg. Bell so the biggest her. contract in MMA history? Like last time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, Probably not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, uh, 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 finally, uh, a fight that was booked a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, Cowboy Cerrone and Joe Lozon, they moved it to UFC 274 on May 7th, which is absolutely the right Good. call because that's going to be in front of a. Those two need to be fighting in front of fans, especially if it's the last fight for either or both guy. Both guys, they don't need to be fighting in his empty apex. No. So, so that's got no business. And then, as we talked about last week. Uh, but this is looking pretty much official. All the UFC fight nights in April are going to be at the Apex in Las Vegas. 
we talked about it last week. It's time to move on from that environment. I, I, when I brought it up the other night, I had a lot of people replying to me on Twitter that, you know, they're sick of the Apex fights. And okay. I'm actually starting to feel bad for a lot of these guys, too, because there's a lot of fighters who, who especially who didn't come into the UFC until the pandemic, who have only fought in these empty buildings in front of nobody. Yeah. Like we were talking about a guy like Parker Park Reporter. Yeah, he's not some big he's not some big name guy, but he's had four UFC fights and they've all been in empty buildings. And Tanner it's kinda Bullister. gotta Yeah. It's kinda gotta be demoralizing to some of these guys to be just constantly fighting in an empty environment, especially when you see I mean, Bellator, you know, for what whatever you want to say about them, they're they're in full buildings now every yep. every week. Even for yep. Even for shows headlined by Neiman Gracie against Logan Storley, but uh, I get—I mean, I don't. Actually, I don't get it. I don't get it. UFC—they don't need to be caught. They don't—they don't need to be saving money. They're—they're—they're they're, no. they're making money hand over fist. Fist. It's just there's, there's got to be a reason for it. And I mean, uh, I, the, the re—I know the reason is because they can't—they can't go everywhere. And if we can't go everywhere. Then we'll only go to these certain spots, but well, but you're going to be able to go. You're going to be able to go everywhere soon. I mean, Australia has just opened up, and uh, you know, so I mean, you'll be able to go everywhere. Yeah. You know, probably I would bet by International Fight Week, like after that, there's there's no more. You know, maybe the odd show at the Apex, but they're they're not they're going to be yeah. touring. It's just that environment. That environment's gotten stale and boring. Boring, like I talked, like I've talked about it. It was really apparent on the show on Saturday. Like that environment is just, yeah, because there was nobody there. there no, and no- and I mean, and I I saw you know like you talked about the Bellator card, the Brennan Ward fight that I was talking about earlier. I mean, that is his home arena, and that place was going nuts for him. And I mean, you know, and that spurs the guy on, you know, and and then you kind of promo in front of these fans that are screaming, and you get that big knockout, and and you know, and then you're in the apex, and you know, it's like even you know, some by the end of the card, there's some people there, but these cards are starting at like you know whatever noon in Vegas. Like, who's yeah. going to the apex to watch a yeah. you know like a prelim fight in an empty gym, you know? Yeah, like, and like a like I brought up last week, last week, yeah. Oh, they're saying like, well, we're going to make the apex better and have, have you know, up the attendance to seven hundred fifty per show per show available. You still got to get people to go to that show because yeah, they can't yeah. even get they can't even sell you know there are a hundred seats they they have because like I said last week, you're drawing from the same pool every week every week the people that will go will be the same people that go every, every yeah you'll get the nobody, fighters you'll get nobody, the fighters bringing in their families and stuff yeah. but nobody you know. nobody's gonna try nobody's gonna travel it's no. very unlikely people are gonna travel to las vegas for a main event between jamal hill and johnny walker but she put that fight maybe in a in a you know you know, in a Cincinnati, Ohio, for for yeah. instance, he might get eight thousand people there who who wouldn't have been at that show 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 you know at any point because oh my god UFC's come to my town for the first time in forever. I mean, I don't care who's on the car card. Let's just yeah. go because it's a fun thing to do, fun thing to do. And like Sioux like, Falls, like we, you know, Green yeah, Bay, you know, yeah. whatever, 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 whatever city. I mean, they. I mean, they sold all these events, all these pay-per-view events that that they've gone back to. They've sold every single ticket 
for yeah. every single show. Show. So you almost like, think it should have been the promotion of the year in 2020. Let's not get into that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. That. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah. No, I, I hear you. And and I agree. And uh, hopefully, you know, like I, even me, like, okay, if I'm planning a trip to Vegas, like, you know, I might take a look and see, okay, there's a card that week, but you can't even decide, okay, there, April 23rd, there's going to be a fight night, but I don't know who's going to be fighting. And, you know, and I'm not going to make a special trip out to Vegas to on the hopes that I might get a good main event. You know, like even this, you know, we thought, oh, Makachev and um, Green. I mean, yeah, that's great, except they only announced it 10, you know, like last week. So, you know, if you're booking a trip to Vegas, you're not booking a trip, you know, now to go this coming weekend. I mean, some people. Yeah. Might, but, you yeah. Know. Like like when you go to Vegas, I mean, people are tra traveling to go to that show. But you yeah, you're it, booking, you, you know, if, if I hear what's going to be on fight, you know, International Fight Week, I might book it now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what people are doing for these big shows, but not yeah. for, you know, fight night. Yeah, but you have – and then you have this fight where it was supposed to be Makachev and Darius. You put it in – you put it in San Diego, San Diego, and all of a sudden 10 days before beforehand, beforehand the main event has to change. Has to change. Those people are still going to go to the show because, right. you know, they're not having to travel. I mean, I mean it's yeah. a local show. Nobody, you know, nobody's traveling in for the for these shows. So, so those yeah. people are still going to go. So. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully, we're coming to the end of this. And it sure feels like this whole COVID thing, despite the sound of my voice, is uh, you know just about out of it. So. Um, yeah, uh, there's there's what we got, and then uh, we guess we got some fight announcements. Not much. I mean, well, there's one real big Bellator fight that got made this week. Well, yeah, there's a big Bellator show coming on, coming uh, April fifteenth in San Jose, uh, where you're going to have the the uh, rematch for the featherweight title between AJ McKee and Patricio Pitbull. You're also going to have the light heavyweight title, which will also be the finals of the Grand Prix. Vadim Nikov uh, defending against Corey Anderson. And then also Aaron Pico against Jer Jeremy Kennedy on that show. So that's a loaded uh, show. Dave Meltzer going to be in Aaron's corner? Uh, <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be in the media, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know he's uh, you know, big boy. And he's fighting Jeremy Kennedy, a former UFC guy, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a big big step for him. Yeah. Uh, not much so, else on this list I see. Yeah, uh, only only other notable fights I'm going to go go over uh, UFC Fight Night in London. Jai Herbert against Ilya Tapiria. Tapiria is, you know, he's having to go up to lightweight because he, he botched his featherweight cut for on a last at a January pay-per-view pay-per-view, but they put him on this one lightweight Jai Herbert is getting no favors in the UFC because he's getting booked against tough guys. Uh, another one, uh, two fights on the April 30th UFC fight night card. I want to go over uh, Tatsuro uh, Tyra, the fly, flyweight from Japan. Who's got a lot of hype. He's debuting against Carlos Candelario. And then Darren, the damage Elkins, his next fight against Tristan Connolly will be on April wow. 30th. Connolly. So what what is that? Lightweight or featherweight? Featherweight. Featherweight. Well, didn't Christian Connolly didn't he like fight at welterweight at one point? Well, he fought somebody else I'm thinking about. He fought at welterweight for his UFC debut that he took like the week of the fight against Mr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's and him, yeah. Scored the upset because Pahea was gigantic against him. <laughs> you could tell that you could yeah. tell that Connolly cut no weight and probably water loaded just to add some pounds to him <laughs> to him, but Pahea decided to goof goof around, you know, and and you know, one of those like 
it was, you know, the phrase people use, fuck around and fi- find yeah. out. Well, that was one of that phrase went perfectly with that fight, which is good yeah. for Pahea because we haven't really seen I was going to say, yeah, Pahea's, uh, really you know, he turned a corner. He, he did against Diego Sanchez, which was that next fight where his next yeah. fight where he got DQ'd. But ever since those two incidents, he's, he's uh, wisened up a little bit and actually shown that, hey, I'm really good despite all my crazy antics. You mentioned uh, the other Carlos Candelario. If you'd asked me, I would have thought he was like a pitcher for the Cleveland Indians or something. But apparently, he's a UFC flyweight. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and he's also the only, from what I recall, he's also the only guy to ever lose on Dana White's Contender Series and get a contract. Oh, that was him. Okay, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That, he had that great fight against guy debuting this weekend, Victor Altamirano. Yeah, right, right. All right, so that's going to just about wrap her up. So um, we uh, Ryan will have his uh, preview at Fikey Media uh, coming up uh, Thursday or Friday. I'll have my ratings column around the same time. Uh, I, the Dynamite Show on the uh, Patreon uh, will be uh, coming up this uh, Saturday. This Wednesday, sorry. And if you haven't already, you can sign up patreon.com backslash fight game media. And Ryan and I have a show on there, uh, you know, recapping the next pay-per-view when, uh, you know, that'll be the big fight, Masvidal and Covington. And uh, we'll probably have a guest on there. And we're also going to have Garrett Gonzalez on our regular show previewing that. He's promised to do that in a couple weeks. So was that next week already? Yeah, it's next week. Eh? Um, yeah, I gotta well, have, have to remind yeah. Garrett about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, yeah, next week we'll have Garrett on the show. And then uh, the following weekend, we'll we'll be doing a very special uh, in the clinch for the Patreon. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, you know, check out my grandpa Des uh, YouTube show if you haven't already. Uh, Ryan, you got anything else you want to plug, or you want to take us home? Uh, just uh, live coverage every week of every UFC over at Wrestling Observer. You can always catch me at Twitter, uh, Ryan J Frederick. You'll see me every Saturday on the UFC shows. And like I told somebody, like I like I told made public. If you want to come at me nice and respectful, I'll talk MMA with you all day. But please do not send me any DMs promising to slash my throat to the, find me in Las Vegas and slash my throat like a couple guys decided to do to do couple weeks ago that's not really fun fun and it's not fun to do to deal with and you know you never know what somebody's going through going through and uh get upset at seeing you know espn ufc put people who cover the sports tweets on the screen to the point you're sending them death threats that's you know that's not that's not good you need to take a look in the mirror yourself you never know what that could be doing to a person so those who talk respectfully, I'll talk to you all day. Those who disrespect, you're get, you're getting muted. You're not getting blocked. You're just getting muted. That way you can still yell at me and I never know it. And you won't have the satisfaction of knowing that you're muted and won't know that you're blocked. So fuck y'all. I had a guy, I had a guy on, on the last pay-per-view that sent me a DM and it sounded like it was going to be one of these ones, right? Like he's like, or are we watching the same fight? And I, I just responded back nicely. I said, yeah, I assume we are. Like this was in a DM. And then he's like, Oh, well, I have it scored differently. And I'm like, well, you know, the, the judges agreed with me. So, you know, what, whatever you want to say. And then uh, then he asked me later, he's like, oh, how did you do on your picks? And I'm like, oh, I went four and one or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, good for you. So it ended up being a nice conversation. So yeah, it doesn't always end like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, take us home with your catchphrase, buddy. Anyway, anyway, the, sorry about my rant, but hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh Thanks for listening. Enjoy the fights this week and have a great week. Later.